Welcome, everyone, to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, a.k.a. Wolf, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sal. Sal. Here with you guys, and I'm glad to be here. The man they call Sal. That's it. Who still has not changed his name. To Sal Resian. You will. It's growing on me day by day, minute by minute. <laughs> He's thinking about it. Yeah, it's growing on me. Yeah. Folks, that's an ongoing joke. We've actually gotten some some emails about that. People telling me to leave you alone, that that was your birth name, and that I should stop. Sal Resian. Yeah. yeah well, Sal Resian, but they're telling me that you really don't want to be called that. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, it's a joke, folks. Everybody's so serious about that. Yeah, uh, definitely. T- today, though, w- we wanted to do something special today. Uh, this is a Mother's Day episode. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is appropriate. Everybody though. has a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gave birth to you, you know, yeah, or you then, were hatched by a, a being that left but, you in an egg. But there was a mother, you know, there was Sometimes. a mother figure there too, yeah. you know. For those that don't uh, get along with their mothers, there's always a mom figure there. There's some sort of mom. Yeah. Somebody gave birth to you. Today Definitely. is, is going to be a Mother's Day episode, and we're going to have a special guest that's going to come on, and she's going to talk about her mother. And it's a very touching story. And folks, before before we get any further, though, we're going to drop the uh, the email. Oh, yes. DosWolfman88 at gmail.com. DosWolfman88 at gmail.com. Give us your stories. Or, or wolfandsal wolf at gmail.com. Wolfandsal at gmail.com. Gmail.com. You choose whichever one you want. Or we will give you Armando's personal home phone number <laughs> along with, uh, I'm just kidding. 555. <laughs> <laughs> so... Folks, we, we want to get right into this. Uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, her name is Catherine. Do you want to say hello, Catherine? Hello. Hi. Awesome. She's here with us. She's here with us. She had a an encounter, I guess you could call it. I would say very, an extraordinary event. Yeah. yeah. An extraordinary event, yes. Yeah, she had an encounter with a very uh, not nice individual and... That's where we get into the story. Do you, uh, do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? You can be, you can be as detailed as you want or, or whatever you choose. Okay. I'm, I'm 42. Um, live in Michigan. This incident happened in Florida when I was 22. So um, that's probably ago. as far as I want to go with. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. That's perfectly fine. So this, this incident that happened to you was it was twenty years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was um, probably six months after my mom passed away. So. So do you uh, you want to get started? Just let us okay. let, uh, tell the audience. Okay. Um, I worked for a national pharmacy chain. Um, there was a man there that uh, made it his, I guess. Uh, the women there, his conquest, um, everyone that was, he thought he could get with, he tried. And, um, I, I, I guess I was on his list. Um, he, he would offer to buy me stuff and I'd be like, you know, no, I don't need anything. Um, he ended up, I got left work one day. I got in my vehicle. I saw him waiting in his jeep and i thought oh that's odd you know because he had gotten off like a half an hour before that and thought it was odd that he was sitting out in his vehicle for so long and then 
I was like, okay, well, maybe he's meeting somebody. I, I left. I lived approximately a mile away from my work. And going down the road a bit, I noticed in my rear view mirror that he was like two vehicles back, two or three vehicles back. And I thought, well, that's odd. Um, you know, I didn't ever notice him taking this way home because there's a main there was a, a main highway that my work was on that typically if you would only take that this road that I was on typically if you lived in one of the the closer neighborhoods off of that street so I thought it was odd but he said maybe he takes this way home so I just kept on going and I pulled up into my my parking lot I lived in a triplex where the side of the building is actually what faced the street and mine was that end unit that was right you know right facing the road and he pulled in a few minutes after me and um well not not even like 30 seconds and um I got out of my vehicle and I asked him what he was doing there and he said that uh he asked me to use my bathroom and I said, well, you should turn around and go use work's bathroom. Um, you know, it's right down the road. And he said, I really have to go. And, um, you know, I was nervous. I was making up excuses. Like I told him, you know, my mom always told me I needed to have a clean house, you know, uh, in order to have company over in my, my apartment's mess, you know, which was a lie. I just didn't want him in my home. And um, he's like, well, go take a few minutes and, and clean up. So I had literally gotten to my apartment, locked both my locks and sat on my couch. And, you know, was, I was going through my mind, like, why is he at my house? You know, why didn't he just, if he really had to use the restroom, why wouldn't he um, just have gone there? And you have to understand, I, w I was 22. My dad was a first gunner's mate in the Navy, very protective. I lived a very sheltered life, so it was very naive and gullible. Um, so I was just going through my head, like, you know, he, he's, he's a, a pharmacy manager. He's not going to do anything. You know, he just let the man, give him, give him the benefit of the doubt and let him use your bathroom. The other issue was, is that my bathroom, it was a one bedroom apartment. When you walk into my door, you're walking into the living room and then there's the kitchens off um straight ahead from that but if my bedroom's off to the right and then the bathroom is off to the back left hand corner of the bedroom so i he had come up to my front door and started banging on it and i thought well you know what just let him in you know get him in get him out and be done with it what's he gonna do you work with him um so i let him in showed him where the bathroom was and um had gone back out in the living room well, when he had walked out i had um a blue crown conure that uh, had picked up the habit of uh, sounded just like my dog when when he would bark so he actually hey, got uh, scared my butt Catherine, oh, sorry i'm sorry for explain explain to, to to us what that is because i know what that is but sal I don't think you know what that is. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Ex explain to us what that is. 
It's it's he. They're like little parrots. Um, I mean, they're uh, they're bigger than. Have you ever seen a Quaker parrot? No, I've seen lots of parrots. I couldn't tell you what breed or type they are, mm. but I've seen lots of them. <laughs> they're 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 bigger. Um, they're like a a, a small parrot. They okay. they talk. They're. I hand raised them from a baby. I literally got him when he was ugly with like very few feathers on him, and hand fed him with like a little baby syringe. Um, oh, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, so, so you, was... so you have this conure, this parrot, and. Tends to bark and sound like your dog. Sounds like huh? a dog. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, which that kind of kind of should have told me something when he, because he literally, my, my bed was facing that far back wall, like the headboard was on the far back wall. If you're facing it, the I had like a a big nightstand that his cage was on, and so he was in between the bed and the bathroom, basically the bathroom doorway and when the when my bird started barking he ran like he screamed and ran out and came into the living room he was like your, where's your your dog is trying to bite me and i'm like i don't have a dog that's my bird oh it's a bird you know can you show me your bird and you know i'm an animal lover i'm proud of my animals uh, you know they're my my kids basically so i i you know, got happy about that. But, I, you know, I didn't realize he's in my bedroom. That's right next to my bed. I didn't realize that he was using that as, you know, a ploy to get me to, towards my bed. And um, I had bent down to, to open up the cage door and get the bird out. And he went to throw me on my bed. I managed to get away from him and I ran out to my front door. He got me at the front door and had um, started on doing his pants and um, I had grabbed my hand and, you know, put it on his junk. Um, I don't know what else to call it. I, I need to explain something. The, the, the last Christmas, my mom was alive. Um, my favorite animal's always been a wolf. And she had gotten me a touch lamp that has... Uh, the, the the top of it has like a wolf and a bald eagle and a dream catcher in the in the background. And I've heard people say that, oh, touch lamps, you know, they'll go on and off um, in a storm or whatever. It was a, a clear day, clear, sunny day. This this um, this lamp, I never had problems with it. Still to this day, I've never had problems with it um, going on and off by itself and, and until this um when he had he had me my back was up against the wall the, the the front door and he you know had his pants open and my hand he had put my hand on his stuff um it was the weirdest thing there was like we heard we heard a pop and then that light i it just started going on and off on and off and on and off and i was in the process i had to, i was telling him to get out and um, that light going off, and and the I could smell my mom's perfume. She always wore Jovan Musk, and I could smell her perfume, and I knew it was her. I saw that light going on and off, and I it gave me strength too. And I'm like, you need to get out, and you need to get out now. And I I turned around, I got my door open, and he walked out. Um, it, but. His face, I mean, he, 
he was he was terrified of it. I knew that that was my mom. I could smell her perfume. I never had problems with that lamp. And I know for sure that if she hadn't have been there watching me, watching out for me, that I, I would have been raped that day. I know for a fact I would have been. And um, I know I know it was her. I know she saved me. Wow, that's uh, that's extraordinary. It's amazing. Yeah, well, tense at the same time, and it's just wow. I, I'm at a loss for words. But you know, the, there are reports out there of people having, you know, being in a situation where it's very dangerous, potentially, you know, life threatening, and having a loved one or in other cases, angels come in and intervene and and save them and I personally think just, you know, from what you've told us, your story is, is extraordinary, but, uh, you know, mom was being mom. It does happen. Yeah. And mom was being mom. Even after she had passed, she still was looking over. I believe that's what it was. I think so too. I mean, uh, smelling the perfume, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and well, that brings up the question I just thought about. So your mom's perfume, you, you never wore her perfume or anything like that. Did you? No. No, no. I love my mother till the end of this earth. But um <laughs> you you know the term old lady perfume. I I, I love got mom, I love you, but um Jovan Musk to me that's an older woman scent and um <laughs> but she always had a smell like a the the mix of the perfume, Ole um face moisturizer and her cover girl makeup. It was like a common, you know, you, everybody knows their mom's scent, you oh, know, yes. it's something even, even 20 years later, I, I, I know my mom's smell. I, I can smell around the holidays. I feel her hug me like every Christmas walking, you know, going up to my dad's house for, um, family Christmas, you smell her perfume and you feel just this warm embrace. You feel somebody you can feel her wrap her wrap herself around you. Um, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, they, they want your family watches out for you after, you, you know, after you go. And that saying hell has no fury, like a mother that, you know, protecting her children. And I'm a firm believer in that. Oh, I think yes. she watches out for me daily. Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a psychic friend of mine. She told me one time that, and I believe this, that when people pass on, that they will continue to check on their loved ones. And and every culture has a sort of belief, you know, that, that there is a, an afterlife that I don't think it's as cut and dry as you go up or down. I think that you may exactly. eventually go up or down, but I think that I think so. there is an intermediate state. And I know that there, that if, there are loved ones left behind in particular children they can stay around as guardians i know that when i was a kid i used to play with a, another kid and his he had a, a very not nice stepmother and he would always and i stayed the night at his house a couple of times and he would him and his brother and his sister would always talk about their mother would come and tuck them in and i never saw this but i do remember like 
feeling like there was a female presence in the room at one point and I kind of was half asleep, half awake and I, and that somebody was tucking him in, you know, and kind of touched our hair, both of us. And I, and, and of course, when I woke up the next day, I, 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 the dad was there making breakfast because I remember his dad was really cool. He was like the manager of Pizza Hut. I remember that. He was really cool and they always had pizza. <laughs> but but I just remember pizza, I him in like pizza. saying that his wife had gone to the the neighboring town, you know, and that she wasn't there. She was like in uh, Cameron. This was in Rockville. Oh, okay. And and I remember him saying, you know, because his and his stepmom wasn't even there. So I do vaguely remember. And I was like, whoa, what was that? But I never asked him. Like I never bothered to ask. I just remember them talking about the mother, like she was still around. It was very weird, but his stepmother was was extraordinarily mean. I remember that. A step monster, huh? Yeah, his stepmom was very, very mean. My stepmom, um, she she knows my mom's around. Um, when they had first got married, um, she, my mom, would everybody smells her perfume when she's around. I mean, my dad, my stepmom, my brothers, we we all smell her perfume, but. The rocking chair. There's a a wood ro- wooden rocking chair, and um, she used to. My mom, she had a personality like she was everything to everyone that they needed at the time. Like her her service was beautiful, but I I was so overwhelmed with like how many people showed up and they said such good things about her. But it was good to see how people saw my mom as well but she i had an aunt that she used to love to they used to you know joke around with each other well she she scared my aunt half to death my aunt ended up running out of the house because uh she kept on feeling somebody like touch her shoulder and she'd look and you know my she'd see that my dad and my stepmom weren't around her and then she had actually went to go sit in that wooden rocker and it started moving on her and she actually ran out of the house screaming. <laughs> but my uh, dad and stepmom were laughing at her and they thought it was hilarious that my mom was playing jokes with her even after she had passed. That's that's amazing. And me personally, just these are my thoughts. I don't I don't see what happened to you as is really crazy. I, I I'm right there with Wolf, you know, with Josh. It's just uh, the the body and, you know, my thoughts are is that the body is just a vessel. The soul is what lives and, and, go, and moves on to the next plane of existence, whatever that may be, you, you know, because truly, you know, when you think about God, I'm of the opinion that God is all powerful. So when, you know, if you believe the same thing, then there's nothing that he can or cannot do. And so what you think God can do will only be limited by your imagination. That's, and that, those are just my thoughts on it because you either believe it absolutely that God is all powerful or you don't. So, you know, that happening to you, your mom still being around. Oh yeah. I, I totally, it's being Hispanic and there's, you know, a lot of Hispanics have the, the family, you know, the cultural traditions that, that the, their loved ones don't ever really go away. They're always around They're they're nearby to look out after you. And I think this is exactly what happened to you. Mom wasn't just going to leave you hanging. Oh, no, no. I, I I know. I know for a fact she watches me till this day, you know. Um, but, you know, some people, you know, you tell some people some things and they're 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 so close minded. And um, 
they look at you like you're crazy or a lot of people expect you know when they hear about spirits and stuff they automatically think of demons and evil yeah, and, everything's a demon yeah yeah and i i just know for a fact like the way i was raised um that that isn't true i mean i was brought up protestant but my mom literally it was, it was a, a morning routine she'd ask me what i dreamt about the night before um she, she she told me that everyone in this world is born with different things talents that they're good at whether it be you know they're good at sports or good at this she said but there's other people that you know they just get special gifts and she said you know a lot of us have these special gifts in our family and you know sometimes you call it a curse because you see things you don't want to see like i i have i had one instant of remote viewing i saw my brother getting in a car accident but it didn't make sense to me because he was driving my mom's vehicle and he had a camaro well little did i know that his car was broken down and he was driving her car that day and i had jumped out i hadn't even i hadn't left the house that day yet and um She's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I just had a dream that David got in a, an accident because I didn't know what else to call it. I was uh, 12 years old, I think. And um, she, she's like, what do you mean he was in an accident? And I said, he, he was driving your car and he got in an accident. And But that doesn't make any sense because he has his Camaro. She's like, he's in my car now. And it wasn't, but I think five minutes later, my mom got the phone call that my brother was in a car accident. He was okay, but it's just different. You know, I, I think there's some people that perpetually have, they're like a magnet for paranormal. And um, then you have the other people that if they haven't, you know, if they have something paranormal happen to them, they try to block it out and write it off as something else. and you know, they don't want to, I don't know if it's just scared. They don't want to deal with it or a hundred percent. They don't want to admit that they actually believe in it. <laughs> Am I making sense with that? <laughs> yeah. I think you're making perfect sense. Um, Catherine, the whole idea of acknowledging loved ones still being around and, you know, and, and intervening slash protecting us for a lot of people that puts them out of their comfort zone because when you grow up, most people, I would say, it, well, let's just say people in general, um, are taught certain things as they grow, as they grow up in a family and so on and so forth. And, you know, you can look at that and just call it for what it is. It's programming. If you're taught all your life that, um, let's say, unicorns, the way everybody understands unicorns, they, are real animals and, and, and that they're going to be there, you're going to believe that wholeheartedly until you come face to face with the reality that unicorns as people see them and come to know them in general pop culture today are not real. Well, you know, that's going to be a big, you know, that's going to be a big thing that's going to create cognitive dissonance. The, the reality meeting with, with what they think reality is and it's going to crash. And so. Wait, wait, people, whoa. Are, are you, are you saying that unicorns aren't, aren't real? Well, not in the sense that pop culture put, makes them out to be today. Oh, my God. Yeah, but there are unicorns. They're I'm called rhinoceroses. I'm going to need a minute, guys. <laughs> They're called rhinoceroses. <laughs> there are unicorns. They're rhinoceroses because <laughs> they do have one horn. But uh, 
Anyways, yeah, it's just basically most people are afraid to step outside of their comfort zone and contemplate that which is chock full of questions and, 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 you know, chock full of the unknown, if you will. Well, our day-to-day lives are geared towards breaking us down. I mean, I really believe that. Like, you wake up, you pay bills, you go to work, you get, you know, it's the, it's daily the routine. same. Yeah, and, and I have a month, like it goes in monthly cycles. And yes. for a while there, I was on that hamster wheel of just, and I just got further and further away from my spirituality to the point where it was dumbed down to where I wasn't, nothing was really happening. I do there, I have had a lot of spiritual in, 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 uh, encounters in my life, things that have happened, and it doesn't surprise me at all that to hear that someone had something like what you had, Catherine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am, I guess I, I am appreciative, I guess to say that that there are things out there that protect us. Oh, I totally. That God, I believe, oh, I... allows them to come and protect us. Oh, yes. I have, uh, I had an encounter. I had a story that I wanted to share with you, Catherine. I got into it a little bit when we, when before we, before you got on the air. But when I was, it was 2013, I believe. I had a really bad flu, and that year, the flu had actually been killed. It had killed people. I mean, it was killing people. And in this particular county, I know that there were people that had died. And so I ended up going to the hospital. I, I don't usually go to the hospital when I have the flu, but this was horrible. I mean, it was bad. And so I ended up going to the hospital, and they had me, they admitted me. They were just like, yeah, this is, you're, they were not just going to let me go home. They were like, you're, you're deathly ill. So they put me in the ICU. And I was really, really sick. And then eventually, um, well, they I, they started out and the and they just admitted me, and then they moved me down to the ICU. So I was really sick. Wow. Yeah, and you were they, real sick. Yeah, I was nice. real sick. And then they were. I heard the nurses at one point talking. They couldn't get my fever down, and my blood pressure was just through the roof. And I remember hearing the nurses talking with one of the physicians, and them saying that they were going to try to induce me, like to try to bring my my blood right. pressure down. Yeah. Because I was so ill and my fever was so bad, I couldn't stay asleep. And I was, it was just, it was a horrible, it was a horrible illness. And I nearly died. And I remember it was close to Christmas. And so it was December 20th. I'll never forget that that was, I'd been in there for four days already. And I was not doing well. I was not getting better. And so I go to sleep. Uh, I guess of the 19th and I, and then it was December 20th, technically the night of December 19th. Anyways, I, I was, I was laying in, be, in, in the bed in the hospital bed. And I remember what I thought was my mother. I was so delirious, you know, and I remember looking up and seeing what vaguely looked like my mother standing next to my bed and stroking my hair. And, and she was telling me, Mijo, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. She's like, today is not your time to go. And I was like, okay, mom. And I was talking to her and she kind of gently kissed my forehead. And then I woke up like, it was like, I I closed my eyes and then automatically I opened them and it was morning. It was daytime and the fever was gone. And the nurse comes in the room like almost immediately. And she was like asking me to, you know, she's like, you ready to take your meds? You know how they always are being polite, you know? And I was like, yeah. And I sat up and she was like, she's like, oh, you know, we thought we were, you were going to 
leave us at one point. Your fever was so high and nothing was working. And she said that uh, your blood pressure was just really extremely high. And she was like, you have high blood pressure anyway. And the fever was just really taxing your body. And my sheets were just drenched in sweat. It's like I had sweat like a, a gallon of, of like somebody poured a bucket of water on. Yeah, you. it was it was crazy. And and I was just like, she goes, "How do you feel?" I said, "I feel okay. I feel good. Like I felt fine." And then later that evening, uh, like like as the day went on, whatever, my fever never returned. The illness it was gone. Like it was just gone. And the doctor was like, he goes, "We went from half thing and you know, the, you might die into you just being okay." Yeah. It was, and the doctor even said it was very odd. So. I asked my cousin that had showed up, I asked him, because he, he came and I said, where's my mother? Because I remember seeing who I thought was my mother at, at the side of my bed. And he was like, your mother? And I was like, yeah, she, wasn't she here? And he goes, no, your mother wasn't here. He goes, I, I, I was asleep on the little pullout, you know, he goes tonight. And I didn't, nobody, you know, there was nobody visited, just, just me. And so I thought that was really weird. So I called my mom. And she, of course, couldn't, they, they didn't really want people visiting. My cousin had already had this flu and had gotten over it. So he was the only one that could come see me. They didn't want anybody else coming because right, there were a bunch of people that had stuff. the flu yeah. were on that wing, you know? Yeah. And people were, like I said, people were dying. And so he, the, the, he told me, he's like, nobody's come. So I called my mom and I said, mom, I had this weird dream, you know, that, and then while I was talking to her, it clicked in my mind, like, boom, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, she, my grandmother. My mother resembles her a lot, ah. like like closely. And my grandmother died when I was two, and she died on December 20th. Oh. And it oh, was wow. December 20th. I looked at the calendar on my phone, and I was like, oh, my gosh, today's December 20th. And when I told my mother about this dream, my mother was like, oh, my gosh. Because my mother had, has felt the presence of her mother many times. She believes that she comes and sits on the foot of her bed. Oh, yeah. She she believed that, um, and see, and I saw my grand my my bolita on my mom's side mm -hmm. when I was seven years old. It was just very odd. I, I just remember I was I was at a friend's house and we were playing football, and you know how when you're <laughs> when you when you're not the wealthy kids, you have to play with what you got, and we had yeah. this football that kept running out of air. <laughs> yeah. And so my friend Terry was like, "Hey, go inside and get and one of y'all, you know, and whoever, go inside and get the football," and. So I, I ran in there to, to get the uh, pump. He had the yeah. air pump. So, you know, kids back then, for you youngsters that probably don't know anything about this, we had toy boxes. Everybody, yep. <laughs> everybody had a toy box, and Terry was no different. He had this blue one, uh, wooden toy box, and that's where I kept my toys was the toy box. And so, anyways, I went in there to his toy box, and I was digging for the pump, and I heard, like, a shuffling, like, of feet. And I turn around, and I see this uh, Hispanic woman with glasses standing there in, in the doorway of his room going into the kitchen because the kitchen went into his room and i was like who's that and she was looking at me so i kind of turned back around and kept doing what i was doing and then i looked back again and she was gone well it really troubled me and it was close to christmas this is when i was seven and i talked to my mother about it and, and like i said i didn't really have any hardly any memories of her because she died when i was two so then i told my mother about it and i said this is very uh very weird thing happened to me, mom. I was like, this woman appeared to me and I described her to my mother and my mom began to cry. <laughs> so then my mom pulls out a photo album and I pointed to the person that I thought looked like, you know, being a little kid. I didn't, I, I, I just said, that's her. 
Mm-hmm. And she said, that's my mother. Wow. And it clicked. Like all of that just came flooding back to my frazzled mind, you know, that, after that, the fever, after the fever. Yeah. And I was just like, and then I, I, I literally grabbed my cousin by the arm and I was like, dude, dude, that was my grandmother. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she was here. I was like, that had to be her, you know? And the date on the calendar, the day that I saw her oh, when yeah. I was digging through the toy box was December 20th. And then of course at the hospital, it was December 20th. So I don't know what the significance of that day is that she passed away on that day. And of course she, she passed away. She shouldn't have died the way she did. She had diabetes Uh, and, and they were to take her leg or whatever. And, and they, I guess they just botched it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. With with diabetes. And if it's to the point they have to remove an appendage, it's, you're talking gangrene, you're talking all kinds of stuff like that. And so, well, it wasn't supposed, the way that this was, the way I understood it was, it wasn't mm -hmm. supposed to have been, Right. They were taking a preemptive measure, right? And they were, and but the, the hospital that she had it done at, I'm not going to say it just wasn't, you know, the wasn't best. the greatest. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard a lot of bad things, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. But you know, I don't want to get sued. But <laughs> the the bottom line is that you know that, that it should not have happened the way it did. And I remember I had like pneumonia or something at the, as a little boy, and so my mom, I was in the hospital too when my grandmother was having her surgery. So I, I, if I remember correctly, it was some sort of, my mom's probably going to correct me and be like, no, you had something else, whatever. <laughs> I was sick with something. And I remember that's why I was in the hospital and I was, so my mom was having to deal with that. And then of course, while I'm in the hospital ill, you know, yeah. this, they get the news that her mother died in surgery, but uh, December 20th, whatever, for whatever reason that that's two times now that I've seen her. And so I do believe that people stay behind, um, uh, <clears throat> as guardian spirits and i do believe i have my godson actually here with me in the studio he's doing something on the computer um but he helps with the production of the show and one of the things his mother is a what would you call your mom tony a, sh- a shaman like a like a curandera a curandera kind of but she's vietnamese Right, so a Vietnamese version, of a Vietnamese, yeah, and she she'll she'll do cleansings a healer, on people, yeah. like a healer, yeah. And one time she was on the phone with with uh, another lady from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and she was talking in Vietnamese, and I never told my friend who was married to her at the time. I never told him. I never told Tony here. I never told his mother, any of these people, anything about my family. As far as I had an uncle that died when he was eighteen. He was murdered. Oh. And to this day, they never did find who killed him. They have their suspicions, but they didn't, they can't prove it, you know? And so he was murdered. And the woman that was on the phone, she says this, this like, just totally took me back. You know, she said, you have an uncle who, fo- who follows you, who protects you. And I've always wondered that because I've felt this male presence. <clears throat> I know that when my grandfather on my dad's side died, I could feel his presence sometimes too. But. I, they they told me this and and I was like okay and then I started thinking I was like oh my gosh then they even said that he shared my name well my middle name is Paul mm-hmm. and his first name was Paul and I was named my middle name was named after him oh. so they that was weird here's a person that's in <laughs> yeah. Vietnam who is actually able to tell me these things and she said he died very young he was murdered like oh, how does wow. this person know all these things like. That was weird, and I, and so it kind of confirmed something that I had 
thought before because I thought I had dreamed about, you know, I had never met him in life. He died, you know. Um, but I, I, I did feel like he had at some point there had been a presence there like that, like I was protected, you know, because I got into some situations and I felt like there was something that was there at one point. Um, I'm not going to get into details, but I almost got hit and almost got, I don't mean like punched, I mean shot. Oh, wow. And I oh, felt wow. like something kind of pulled my arm and I felt like something told me, come here. And I turned to look, I didn't see it, but I got up from where I was at and I moved and so, and, and it, it got hit like right there where I was at. And it was oh, like, wow. you know, I mean, it was serious. I could have been killed. And so I always wondered like what, what that was, you know, who that was or whatever. But then years later when, and this was after I had gotten out of the hospital with the flu, Mm -hmm. then his mother was like, Hey, I'm going to call this woman and, and she can do a reading on you or whatever, you know what? And, and I wasn't really participating. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Honestly, didn't care. Didn't believe it. I'll be honest. Right. And I just thought, yeah, okay. If it makes you feel better to do that, that's fine. But then when she started naming all these things about, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, I definitely believe that there are forces at work. You know, I've felt the presence of my grandfather, uh, who was a big, large guy. He was a fighter. He was a very tough man, World War II vet, and just had a lot of, uh, like, he was a, he was a very uh, loud, big, large, strong <laughs> yeah. man, you know? Kind of like, like me. Kind of brash. Very, yeah, very <laughs> much so. Had a lot of fight in him. And I remember that, that he, I used to go visit him every Wednesday when he was at the, in, you know, the VA's horrible. They don't uh, do anything for you. They, they, they had him in the- right, they don't. Well, you know, yeah. My dad, my dad um, was in Vietnam, and they 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 don't take care of him at no. all. I feel so bad for our, you know, our God. I can't even think of the word now. Our our veterans? soldiers. That are, yes, thank you. I'm the sorry. Veterans. I had a total brain fart right there. <laughs> okay. It happens. Yeah, but I mean, nervous, though, to but. to well, don't be nervous. We're just we're just talking. We're just yeah, having a conversation. Is, yeah, and, and, this is. You you told us an amazing story, and I want you to uh, to continue with the, oh, the stories. Oh, I got I got one that'll probably blow people's mind. Oh. It's probably hard to believe. I do have a one question for you, Josh. Before I forget, I wanted to ask you with your near death experience that you had. Did you notice like an increase of paranormal? around you after that i mean did you notice escalation after that did you feel mm. like you're like a beacon more so I, than before <laughs> I, I, I i tell you this i i didn't really have like like i don't i just in near death i guess saying that i almost got blown to pieces i guess you could say <laughs> that well, was I yeah like when, you're, when you're in the hospital when your your grandmother are you talking about that you? that near-death experience because i'm you know because i've had several i've been stabbed and I oh, nearly wow. died. I nearly died from that too. And I, my brother and a lot of my friends that, you know, they were there the night I got stabbed, and they've told Sal about it. And the and I then then I got roughed up because the cops thought I was attacking them because mm -hmm. I fell on one of them. <laughs> so yeah, I've had a few near death experiences. I, I'm pretty it sure in a parallel like reality, I've died several times. <laughs> if we're doing the Rick and Morty thing, I'm yeah. like dead over and over again. But uh, in this timeline, I'm still alive. Thank goodness the Mandela effect has allowed me to stay alive. Right. Uh, that's a topic that scares me to death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can handle spirits, demons, that. Yeah, you get scared. But the Mandela effect, that terrifies me. Well, because you have no control. It's like you're, you're, it's like 
we're we're at a video game that someone else is playing. That's that's how I feel. And and you know, yeah, and, and exactly. it's, it's like you go to go for a drive or something, and the road has changed. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I try to put it out of my mind, <laughs> and then try not to think about it. And then you know, when I'm when I'm just doing my life and everything, then something else happens. Like driving on a main highway here, it, it just the road. I thought I I thought I missed my exit. I thought I was on the wrong highway. It's a highway I travel every single day, and it the curve it it was it wasn't the same road. It was not the same road. the 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 sharp curve started way before it was. I had more curves, and it was going in the like it used to curve more to the right. Now the curves off to the left. It was just it was mind blowing. I thought it. I thought I was losing my marbles at that point. Um, well, you know. Catherine, uh, I'm of the mindset that, like I said earlier, you know, I, my whole belief is that God is all powerful, you know, and that's completely in an absolute fashion. So therefore there's nothing that he cannot do and, um, he's not limited. So I think a lot of it, what goes along with those thoughts is that he puts signs out there for us every day. And part of us, part of what we're supposed to do is pay attention to the signs because it's not always going to be, for example, I guess, or for lack of better words, spoken to you and given to you in the most obvious manner. Some signs are subtle. Some may be very obvious, but it, it, it's up to us to pay attention and look around, kind of like we, we talked about today for, you know, uh, you know, Josh said, well, I've got, you know, we've got Catherine. She's coming on with this exciting story involving her mother. And then he tells me that, well, his mother called him as well, and so on and so forth. I'm like, well, there's signs right there. This is this is what we're supposed to be doing During right now. During the Mother's Day show. Yeah, and, and it's just part of God's plan. People expect these grandiose things every day from, from, from God, and it's not that way. You're going to get a lot more subtleties and things that you're supposed to be uh, doing in accordance with God's plan. And, you know, you're going to get that more than the big grandiose things. It, it, a lot of people fail to understand that. And so when you can acknowledge that you're going to get a lot more subtleties than grandiose things, your life's going to be better. And you're going to, you know, you need to look around, pay attention, stop, smell the roses, all that good stuff, because every moment is is a blessing. People think that everything's supposed to be cinematic and it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, And, and let me tell word. you something else. The people think that, you know. That being about that life, about them gangster life, you know, they don't they don't know w- what it's like to almost bleed to death. Yeah, they don't know what it's like to be stabbed and and you know and shot at and stuff. It's not a pleasant, fun thing to be looking over your shoulder and you know wondering if the the door is going to be kicked in. You know, that's not a that's not a fun way, it's to, not live, a way to live. Believe me, no. no you know, not and at so all. when you live that sort of horrible existence, and then you're you're just the, the abnormal becomes normal. I think a lot of that negativity that I carried around in that phase of my life contributed to my house being the way it was. I think there was a lot of that. Me and my guys, we, we were reminiscing the other night when we went downtown and we were all talking and stuff. And I, I met up with a bunch of guys from the old days and we were there and at a friend of mine's bar. And, you know, I, I, I as much as I miss the old days, I don't because there was so much negativity around. I just don't want to live my life that way, you know, and I think that that invited a lot of darkness that was just already festering that became, you know, um, my grandfather gave me a warning before he died. Like literally I would go see him every Wednesday at the VA, at the VA, uh, there was a, was rest, it a home? rest home. Yeah. But yeah. the VA the sponsored by home. the VA. Yeah. 
and Temple. Yes. And I would go visit him, and, and of course it was horrible there. And I, I was a young man. I was only 17 when he died. I couldn't do anything for him, at, at, you know. And my dad and, and whatever, he was like a workaholic, you know. And so he had his leg taken from, from diabetes too. Ooh. So he was, in, you know, and what ended up happening, he ended up going into a diabetic coma and he died. Now, the day that he died, and I always went there on Wednesdays because that was the day I had off from mm-hmm. work. Because even at a young age, I had to work a lot, you know. And so the day that he died, I was supposed to go visit him, but I decided to go to the gym. And I was tired from work, and I didn't want to drive all the way to Temple. And so I always took him something to, to eat, and I would sit with him, and we would talk, you know. And that day, I just decided to not go. And then my dad called me that evening and said that he had gone into a diet, but he ate something he wasn't supposed to. Oh. And so I carried this guilt with me, a tremendous amount of guilt. But he came to me in, in a dream. And now this has happened to me many times. My grandmother, too, that he was married to I've at one that. point, he, she came to me in a dream also. And that's, that was the, the thing that when she came to me in the dream, that's when I changed my life. You know? But before that, she was still alive for, for, uh, for a while, like maybe 12, 13 years after he died but when when he after he died because they were separated mm-hmm. she, he came to me in a dream and was like talking to me and telling me you know that everything was okay but i just kind of took it as a dream now here's a weird thing i don't think i've ever told anyone this that's actually on the show or any of my episodes i've done but i got a phone call when i was living in that old house the old the old haunted house uh from my grandfather if that, oh, wow. if, if this is going to make, it's going to, it's, it's really weird. Follow me here. I was sitting on, on the couch, okay. just watching TV and guess what I was watching? The twilight zone. I was <laughs> watching and I wasn't never really a big twilight zone fan, but I had a roommate who was right. And, uh, he was all like watching it and stuff. And so I was just sitting there kind of bored. And, and here's the funny thing. My phone, it was, it was around the time when my cell phone had started to overtake the use of the home phone. Right. And so the phone, the, the home phone rings, which didn't happen very often, and I answered it, and I heard it was like a crackling, popping noise on the phone, and I distinctly heard his voice on the other line, and he was saying, hello, hello, and then he said my name, oh, and wow. he called me Josh Boy. Uh-huh. That's a funny uh-huh. name, but that's what he would call me, mm-hmm. and I was like, so I started saying, you know, Grandpa, I started trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept crackling, and then then it just went dead. So oh, here's the funny thing. So I hung the phone up, and I just sat there for a minute. And so I picked the phone back up, and I kept and, – and it was nothing. There was no uh, ringtone. There was nothing on the phone. So then my brother comes home from work, and I told him, I said, I think I just got a call. And let it out, Sal. <laughs> Sal's over here trying to sneeze. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> let it out, man. Let it out. Don't hold it in, bro. Oh, no. Your head, your head will explode. That's what the science tells us. Yeah, or something else will explode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but but I told him. I said I think I just got a, a really weird phone call from from my grandpa, Paul. You know, grandpa, and he was like on the home phone, and I was like, yeah. And he goes, dude, that thing's been disconnected for like you know two months. And I was wow. like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just kind of like taken aback by that and i was like wow i didn't know that and my other roommate was like you know yeah it's, we don't have a home phone anymore you know I, you just 
it was there for ornamentation. Yeah, and I don't even know what happened. Like, I guess I just didn't even, it didn't dawn on me. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We don't. We don't even use it. It's just been sitting there. And that was weird. So Yeah, that's crazy. So how do you explain that? That was that was one of the weird things that happened in that house. And I've been saving that story. I didn't want to tell that story with the other creepy stuff that went on in that house yeah. because it didn't it didn't jibe with what we were talking about because that to me no. wasn't a negative experience no no that was it's positive definitely yeah, yeah it's I, it's uh, I, i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry uh, i i was just gonna tell about my experience after my mom passed oh, away please, please do but, please yes, do yeah definitely do um my mom towards the end uh, she she had she passed away of lung cancer um she actually went into remission for three, three to four months. Um, but when it came back, it came back in a gland above her kidney. And then it just it mastitized and went everywhere. But um, she, she, uh, she fought real hard. And the, we had hospice that came out and, to the house so she could be as comfortable as possible, you know, and be at home and not in a hospital. But, uh, you know, I had to help her use the restroom, the bathroom and everything. And, and she would cry to me and say, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, Mom, I'm like, you, you don't even worry about that. I'm like, you wiped my butt for how many years? I said, you're still taking care of me. I said, you don't don't even worry about it. But um, they say when somebody passes away, uh, if they're if they're at if they have an illness for any length of time, like usually after they pass away, it takes them a bit to get their energy back up to like, um you know, to communicate with you or, you you know, that that's what I was always taught from my mother and my grandmother. And she's like, she always told me, she's like, I'm going to be watching out for you. She used to call me baby doll. She's like, I got to take care of my baby doll. I was her unfinished business, but I had a lot of guilt because I, I was going to college full time. I, I had two jobs and, and, you know, you always think that your parents are like Wonder Woman and Superman, that they're going to live forever. And, um, People, if you got your mothers around, you need to hug them and love them because our, our time isn't isn't promised to us. We can go at any second. So you need to embrace the people that mean something to you. Sorry. but um. No, no, don't be sorry for that. No, no, that is 100% super duper wise advice. Yep. Young people take things for granted. They don't realize yes, that. They do. Yes, they do. And it's sad. But I, I had working up to the this um well i'll tell the she came to me in a dream my mom was in a wheelchair you know towards the end because she couldn't she couldn't walk she didn't have any strength you know she was fighting she had was still trying to go through chemo and radiation because she wanted to beat it again and um i had i have never been to the grand canyon in my life but i I was at the Grand Canyon and, and we were standing on this ledge and she was sitting in her wheelchair and she told me, she's like, baby doll, don't you worry about me. I'm, I'm just fine. I'm great. She's like, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you and your dad and your brothers. She's like, cause you know, I'm great. She's like, look, I can stand up again. She's like, look, I can walk again. And she's like, look, I can even tie my own shoes again. She's like, so don't you cry for me because I don't hurt anymore. And, um, you know, I know that was her way of, of letting me know that, you know, not to, not to be hurt and upset. Yes, I'm going to miss her, but you know, that she, she wasn't in pain anymore. And, 
you know, we're the ones that are left behind. We're, we're the ones dealing with hell on earth, basically. Um, my grandfather came and visited me after he passed away. He had a, another hospital incident um, like your grandfather. They had left a sponge in him during yeah. surgery. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he would have been fine. It was the sponge. It caused a massive infection. He passed away. I actually saw him. I, I woke up. It was one, like 127 in the morning. I woke up. I was crying. I knew he was dead. I knew he was dead. I specifically went out and looked at the clock in the microwave. And then I went to turn around to go to the back to my bedroom. And he was he was in his army uniform. And he he gave me like a, a little salute and gave me a wink. And then he walked through our garage side door. But I mean, that was me seeing him in the dream. I had it like, I don't know, maybe two weeks after he passed away. My grandfather had loved his lazy boy recliner and anything sports. And in my dream, I was in this uh, this big building. I mean, I, I went to this elevator. There were so many floors, and I had, had to go straight to the top. And it was a long ride. <laughs> and I walk in, and there's my grandfather's black leather lazy boy. And he's got... An, Every single wall, there is, you know, flat screen after flat screen after flat screen. And he's sitting in this chair and he's got his remote control. And he's like, look, I can watch any game I want to at any time I want to. He's like, this is great. All the sports I can I can want, you know. And uh, he he told me he loved me. And I knew that he was he was good. He was OK because. I mean, you have to know my grandfather. Sports in his lazy boy recliner, he was in heaven. <laughs> so I'm a firm believer that they come and they, you know, they they try to interact with us and and let us know that they're good, they're okay. They try to warn us. It's just up to us to to open our eyes and you know really pay attention, you know, instead of trying to push it off. My the other story, my mom. My mom was a very sick little girl. I don't know if you guys are familiar with rheumatic fever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, is that is that the one they called scarlet fever? I believe rheumatic so. fever. I believe is. I believe. Yeah. I, I believe the alternate is. name is. Or is it rheumatoid? Uh, is it? I think they used to call it scarlet fever. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've heard the the terminology. The well, rheumatic. She, yeah. Rheum I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's please, okay. Guys. Um. Um. Rheumatic fever. Well, I, I'm probably not saying it right, but she oh, no, was, no, we'll, she we'll, we'll we'll Google it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, she please. Was, but please tell us a story. She was very, very sick. Um, I mean, to the point where I, she was sick for I, it was at least a year, probably a year and a half. She had to learn how to walk again. But the doctors honestly didn't think that she was going to live. Um, she was, I think, like 11 years old when it happened and the doctors had told my grandmother that she cannot get up out of bed that i mean if there's any chance that she can't you know she isn't to get out of bed because the strain on her heart from moving around would literally you know it could it, it could kill her so my mom you'd have to know my mom she was just she's high strung like me she was high strung like me and she just bounce off the walls everywhere. Even being sick, she was constantly getting out of bed, getting out of bed. 
And um, my grandmother had taken bed sheets and literally had to tie her down to the bed because, you know, they were so afraid that, you know, one of the times that she got up, she'd end up dying because of, you know, being so ill and not realizing being so young that you're going to hurt your heart and everything. Um, she had to get shots when any of us got like strep throat. She would have to go get a shot because because of the illness, even, you know years later so she wouldn't get it again because I guess that could I don't know what the you know why that is but but it was really they didn't know if she was going to live or not and at one point I guess she was really really bad off and my grandma didn't think she was going to live my grandfather didn't think she was going to live the doctors and I, I think at this point she was probably back in the hospital but she said that you know, she was worried. She finally realized, you know, why her, my grandma was getting on her and not getting on, you know, that she needed to listen and not try to get out of bed and everything. And, um, she said she was so sick, um, just so sick, but I mean, she didn't think she was going to live. And she said that she's like, baby doll, I know it's going to sound crazy, but she's like, don't ever, don't ever doubt God and Jesus. She's like, because they're here. They watch over us and they take care of us because I saw him. She said that Jesus came and he sat on her bed and he was, he was stroking her hair. And he said, little one, you're going to be just fine. You're going to, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be running around and playing. So don't you worry. And she said he kissed her forehead and then he was gone. But, um, knowing my mom, I know, I know she was, she wasn't lying. and to me, you know, that just shows his love for us that when you need him the most, he is there and he is going to, you know, he's, he's going to let you know that he's there. Her, her favorite poem was always, uh, foot, uh, was it called footprints in the sand? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that's, that poem reminded her of when she was sick as a little girl, but yeah. No, nobody should ever doubt God and Jesus because they're definitely watching over us for sure. Well, that, that right there for all those who believe in God, teachings of Jesus Christ and Jesus and everything, you know, that, that's something that I would say that losing faith in that is more detrimental than, than not believing. And, you know, I, that brought up a question when you were telling us about that for me is, do you think that that particular instance is what pretty much got your mom to into the routine of asking you guys, you know, what did you dream about? And, you know, those kind of things just to, that, that seemed to ultimately um, solidify in, in your case that, you know, she was always going to be there whenever you needed her. Um, no, my, I, I, I had my, the, the way, the way we were raised. I mean, my, the way I was explained, I mean, this is like generation after generation that's always been um, I, psychic. My mom always had dreams. My grandma told me a story that when, you know, she was like four years old, they were getting out of the car and walking up to the house. And my mom, you know, as a little girl, she's like, oh, mama, mama, look at the angel. Isn't she beautiful, mama? Isn't she beautiful? And my grandma said she looked up at the sky and, and didn't see anything. 
but she's like, I know she saw something. Her whole face was lit up and, but it was, I, we were just, we were just, um, taught that my, I, I was always taught to pay attention to my dreams. Um, you know, if, if it's, it's actually saved my parents from, from a real bad car accident. Um, it, I had one, they used to have a craft business and they would travel to different malls and set up booths. And in my dream, they, they had, they had a big truck and they had a, they have a, they had a trailer where they would, you know, pull to travel to these shows. And in my dream, the brakes cut out and they ended up slamming into like a maroon colored Cadillac. Oh, but you know, I, I told my parents about it. <laughs> You know, um, because, you know, that's what we were taught to do. And it actually saved them because they were on the way to the show and they had a maroon color Cadillac in front of them. And then my mom remembered, oh, you remember Catherine's dream? We got to we got to be careful. So they actually my dad ended up um, he was a mechanic. He's he's retired, but um, he had a he realized he had no brakes. His brakes did go out. He had to pull off to the side of the road, but I kind of got sidetracked with your question. But um, it, it it's always been. It's like my my grandmother, I guess, did the same thing with my mom, and her mom did it with her. It's just you know, I I believe that you know certain families probably are more. Um, I think everybody's got a sixth sense, myself, but I just think that other people's are, might be more developed. Yes, yes. Some some have that. Uh, some have it stronger than others, and and I I I totally you know I totally um, agree with with that. And you know I also believe that you know if if you don't have that strong sixth sense, I believe you can work on it in order to to heighten it. It's like anything. Exactly. You know, it's something yep. you got to work on and kind of like uh, building the muscles in the gym. You know, everybody can have the big muscles, but you got to go into the gym and lift weights and, and you observe a proper diet and sleep and everything else. And, and you'll eventually too have the big muscles like uh, those bodybuilders, if that's what you desire. Exactly. I agree. I agree. The more it seemed like, you know, I had friends that, um, you know, they, one, they, they could channel. See, I was still nervous talking about it because, you know, that some people will, they, you know, you don't generally with, you know, normal conversation, you're not talking about paranormal because people look at you like you have three heads, but, um, you had a friend that could channel and, um, it just, you know, like with, I've noticed myself in dealing with a demon. I always like my sense of smell is, is heightened. I, it's going to sound so weird, but like I smell when, when, when it's an evil spirit or I'd say demon, I smell like rot and decay. And I mean, let alone the feeling that you get, if you're dealing with, with a demon, there's just a, a feeling, you know, it's just pure evil, but I get a smell with it and it's rot and decay. You know, something Kat, Catherine, we were talking about. We were, we did a show with Chris recently, and I can't tell you wh- whether or not, as the airing of this show will be, wh- we've released it or not. We, we, we have really released it or not. We haven't decided. But we were talking about how 
the supernatural aspect of Bigfoot and Dogman. And I believe that these wolfmen, some of them in particular, they give off a, a rotten smell. I think that's a cue. I don't think it's just them rolling around out in the brush, you know, whatever. I think that when people have that rotten smell associated with it, because it, it doesn't make sense that they would smell that bad. Because predators, exactly. like I, I've been in close proximity to predators before, and, and why would they have such a horrible smell? That would give away their location to their prey. Exactly. So I've never really been a big believer in the whole, like if, if a panther or a cougar or whatever you want to call it is, is stalking a deer and it smells like that, you know, this animal is going to flee because it's going to smell that. Wolves don't smell like that. I, I had a friend who actually had two wolves. He had a female and a, and a, and a male wolf and, and, and right, right over here in, uh, uh, not, not Giddings. What is the town right before you get, uh, Giddings, uh, Smithville. Oh yeah. In Smithville. And he had a full grown, I mean, you know, and he let them run around and stuff out there and they were, they were a little wild or whatever, but they didn't smell, you know, these animals. You know, even if living out in the wild, they don't they don't have this horrible stench that the Bigfoot uh, will give off, that the werewolf creatures will give off, if for lack of a better word, or dog man, you want to call it that, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, but people will talk about them smelling like rot, or that they will smell like garbage, or that they'll have a smell, yep. a sulfuride type smell. And yeah, and so seeing that demon. Yep. It, it it just seems like it's demonic, and I, and I'm not saying they all do. They're they're. I think that when you when when we're dealing with the ones that are not demonic, you know, the ones that are just the, the natural flesh and blood creatures that are running around out there, that I believe they exist too. I don't think you're smelling that because the one I saw looked like a natural flesh and blood creature, and I don't remember a smell associated with it. So when people talk about that smell, I'm just like, what what that has to be something demonic or something evil because. We would occasionally get this rotting smell of death, you know, in the house. And then sometimes we would get a smell like uh, perfume or cologne. Yeah, like a cigar smell that I just thought, wow, that smells like, you know, someone smoking a cigar, you know. Yeah. And, and of course, when we talked, uh, you know, earlier, Catherine, I I told you about a house that I actually, and I'm not going to go into that right now, but. When you're done telling your story, then I will I will interject with that story because I have a story about a house that I worked at that someone that an elderly couple had died in, and I smelled rose water, very common. Yeah, I would yeah. smell that. I'd smell lavender. Yeah, and that's that that's the older generations like our grand you know mm-hmm. grandparents and so on and so forth, and great grandparents. Uh, rose water for the ladies was common. That was very the, common. Yes, it was common, and lavender was too. They would. I I heard they used to put it in their hair also to make their hair smell good. Yeah, um, yeah. Long before the day of of the of the super perfumed shampoo, you know, being available. Right. And and that's another thing. That's another thing. Josh is talking about these creatures, these these man wolves, wolf men, werewolves, dog men, whatever you want to call them. Um, I I don't throw out that option that the ones that are truly supernatural, i.e. associated with demonic something evil, the, the smell of sulfur is definitely something I would, I would put some stock in and say that would be a telltale sign that they, uh, they are not natural. The natural, in, on, you know, with that on the natural side, the, like the one he saw, I would think that 
if you smelt, if you were able to smell uh, dead flesh, rotting flesh. Well, it's been proven scientifically that some dogs, domesticated dogs, will roll on their kill after they've killed something. So, you know, but either way, the, the smell of death, for me, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll go either way. But, but if you do smell sulfur with some, one of these mysterious creatures, then, then I would more lean to that something paranormal. That's just, those are just my thoughts on it. I just think it would be very hard for an, an animal to be a predator smelling that bad because people talk about smelling a Sasquatch from like literally a hundred yards away. I've heard that. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, how could that sneak up on anything and kill anything? I think a lot of that would be more of a, a, a mechanism to just scare away any and all living creatures that are in the area if they yeah, smell you'd also rotting scare flesh. away all your prey and you'd go right. hungry so well i, I would sound very evolutionarily <laughs> sound as a theory well, I, I mean you know there's many out there that that um, believe in the bigfoot community that the bigfoot have scent glands similar to like gorillas do they they'll give off a scent when stressed out it's it's does it smell like rotting death though it, it is does it, it is. does it smell like uh because I've heard it both ways. I've heard people say that it smells like bad body odor mixed with garbage. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. But what, which, yeah. what we're talking about is the smell of rotting death. Flesh. Okay? Yeah. I don't get that. I mean, and, and I've, I've heard it, that mixed with sulfur. I've heard that a lot. Now, now mixed I with mean, sulfur? I've gotten probably 200 accounts in the last, you know, five years of, of I'm just talking Sasquatch, mm-hmm. of just people have told me, I saw a Bigfoot, I saw a Bigfoot, I saw a Bigfoot. You get probably twenty percent of that, maybe twenty five even, where there is that that element of like this death smell with like sulfur. I've had people like one in four people probably say that. Yeah, the sulfur. I mean, I would what definitely. is that? I mean, is that because I mean, to me, I, I I don't see the the benefits of that. If you are a supernatural creature, though, what does it matter? It don't it, you don't care. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're, yeah. you're you're coming out of some hell realm. What do you? Well, what do you care whether how you smell? <laughs> You're not going to be going to HEB and buying the Axe body spray or Walmart or whatever because you don't care. I mean, that's yeah, I, the whole uh, thing. It's the flesh and blood Bigfoot that we see buying the Axe body spray. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I made a joke. No, seriously. Do you see what I'm saying, though? I don't see the the point. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. And one of the things I heard about, like, the goat man, you know, it's like that very earthy, nasty smell. And then we and then you hear people talking about the goat man as they get this horrible, horrible sense of dread and a feeling of like just imminent death, you know, and then you get that horrible smell that to me is a supernatural being. I mean, to me, and I think that when you Catherine talk about smelling that you, you, it's almost like the, your warning, your olfactory system is warning you of demonic presence. Yeah. It's it's definitely telling you pay attention. And in my, uh, the way I look at it too is, is the ones that are smelling of this rot and decay and death to me that in my opinion, that's, demonic but they i think that they're 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 choosing dogmen werewolf whatever whatever we want to call it to to instill fear great fear into the person because it, demons thrive they they feed off feed of on. pain yeah that negative fear energy. aggression yes exactly and i believe that they're trying to to portray anything that they possibly can to get you know, the, the, the biggest surge of um, fear out of the person to feed off. And they, they think that uh, 
a, a big hairy dog man or werewolf would be is the perfect thing to <laughs> to do that, which obviously it works. I know that I would be, you know, I'd probably have a heart attack if I ran into. Well, do you remember the movie It? Oh God, I hate clowns. I am the original, <laughs> the oh, original yeah. one. Remember he 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 appeared to. I think the kid's name was Richie. Yeah. Because yep. his fear was werewolves, so so he appeared to him as a werewolf. Yep. Yeah, I, I believe that too. I, I worked in a building at one time where I thought that there, and 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 one hundred percent no, it was not a dog man. It was not a werewolf. It was, and and I've and I've said this before. I worked in a built in a few couple buildings where it was they were notoriously haunted. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows they're haunted. I mean, you know, reading the guard log and one of them in particular was quite upsetting and i just remember thinking man no wonder they have such a high turnover and that particular post at that company paid more like a dollar 25 more than the others which was like you know back in the 90s that's, that's pretty good huge. yeah so i was like <clears throat> wow i'll work it and then i realized why and that's for another episode but there was one particular entity and i know tony you've talked about it the cleaning person there was a entity that appeared like a hairy creature wearing a cleaning uniform and i saw a glimpse of it going to the cleaning closet because i I was so i was so nerve uh uh, my nerves were so shot working in that place that i just i would sit there with my headphones in so i didn't have to hear the voices and the noises that were going on around me and so yeah it was pretty bad i i really i couldn't handle it i only was only last i lasted two months there that's you know I, I can give you credit because I don't think I could. <laughs> well, you know, and you're and you're in this big building for twelve hours a night, and I worked it five nights a week, you know, because we were shorthanded, so it was four to five nights per week, and I would sit there and and I would have to do these patrols, and of course the 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 job called for two and a half hours to be up in the tower, so you couldn't just stay down in the control room. The rest of the time you could, but for two and a half hours you had to be patrolling up in the building, and they had a detex, so you had to stick the key into the hole, and and then it would click a computer that would say hey you were there and so i was up and this was a long time ago this was a high technology for that time you know and so they had this system and the property manager she was not a very lenient person she wanted us to be up in that tower and she knew full well that that place had paranormal activity going on there there were people that would try to come to that building sometimes and want to mess around and you know and I, i would have to tell them no you can't come in and I would catch them on the outside of the of the building, you know, messing around and stuff because it was supposed to be haunted. But up in that building, I, I saw what I thought was a creature that I smelled a, a, a stench, a sulfury type of stench or something. And I saw what I thought was a cleaning person. But mm-hmm. it, it was almost comical. What I witnessed was like this werewolf looking entity wearing like what looked like um the cleaning shirt yeah yeah and and i saw it go like pushing the little cart and go into the room and then i could see it moving back and forth in there and i thought to myself that was the day i quit i was like i'm losing my dang mind the only (laughs) thing that, that, that gave me confirmation that i wasn't crazy was there were two other guys i worked with and one guy his name was shelton he was a really really cool dude um, him and another guy that I worked with named Zach. And those two guys, they, I talked to them outside of that place and they told me, no, dude, you're not crazy. Uh, the guy, Zach, one time there was a dentist office up in that building and he claims that he heard what he thought was like a jet engine roaring down the hallway, you know, and it shook the building. 
it, it was crazy stuff that was happening there. And so they they convinced me, you know, just they, they were like, no, dude, no, it, it is that building is jacked up. I mean, it is really jacked up. They actually had a a picture, a, a ghost on camera. Oh, my God. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw the ghost, like, go through a wall. Oh, man. Like, it looked like a man that came out, like, um, you know, in the 1920s, how they dress with the top hat and all the, and the cane. Yep. I mean, it literally looked like the Monopoly guy. Oh, wow. But it was like, he, you know, but he was a, he was a real man, mm-hmm. and he came out of one wall, and, 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 and he went into another wall, and then it turned out that that used to be a door. There used to be doors right there because I went to that floor. And so that building, oh God, that was building, it old? To was this it, day, it gives me nightmares. Was I'm not it an old name building, the, though? I, I'll tell you off, uh, Cam, I'll tell you off the show mm-hmm. because, like I said, I don't want them suing me because it's a very prominent big building here in Austin oh, and wow. I don't need them. I don't need them saying something, you know, because yeah, they, I get it. I so get I don't it. want them. Yeah, it's a very large company, and I don't need them saying something if anybody were wow. to listen to the show. And it then sounds go back like and it was an old building, though. Sounds it like- was it was an old building, but I don't think it was nineteen uh, twenties. I just think it might have been something there before, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, and and I mean, right there on that same block, there was another building that that's no longer there, and I, I think Scorpion told you about. Some of the stuff that went on at that place. Oh yeah, we both saw the same entity when we compared notes, and we figured out that, and it was right down the street from that building. Oh man! And also, there's another restaurant that's on that same street. And Anthony, you know about that restaurant, and it's haunted, and it's actually on a haunted tour. Oh. So yeah, and so when my wife first came, we went to all these places, and and I told her, I said, yeah, we're over here at this restaurant, and it's all good, but. I pointed, I was like, that building over there is way more haunted than anything around. And it's not on the tour because they don't allow people to go into the building. But wow. yeah, oh, it, wow. it's a definitely a creepy place. And I, I could go on <laughs> and on about like that. But the point, the point being is that I saw this creature that I know 100% was not a werewolf. Mm-hmm. It was not a dog, man. It was not a Bigfoot. It was hairy and it looked whatever. But it was playing games, you know, knowing yeah, what I know probably- now. I know that it yeah. was not, it was just an evil spirit. It was a, it was a demonic and it was, it was messing with my mind. You know, speaking about that, um, you know, you're saying it, it appeared to look like a werewolf type creature wearing these clothes. Well, I mean, by this time you'd already had your dog man encounter, correct? Uh, yeah. The dog man encounter would have so, been about five years. I'm sorry, Catherine, what, what was that? I, I was just going to say the same thing that what, what Sal's saying that, um, it, it, it knew what you went through when you were younger and it was going to use it against exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it did. And, and that's what I believed, but it didn't matter to me whether or not that's what was happening. It wasn't, <laughs> I quit and I told my boss and I said, can you move me from this place? And he's like, Oh, not you too. And I said, yes, me too. I, I thought <laughs> I could handle it. I could use the extra money because this thing followed me home. <laughs> like oh, it followed no. me home. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk on another episode about this eventually. I don't want to get into the whole whatever today, but it was, yeah, I was getting weird phone calls from that place in the middle of the night, and I thought maybe it was one of the guards that was calling me. There was some weird stuff that went on. A lot of weird stuff. I could do a show. I will do a show just about that building. So what ended up happening? He moves me from that building to another building that was maybe not as haunted, but the but- floors that I was working on were. <laughs> and oh, the guards they were telling me i said yeah i came from such and such building and they were like well welcome to this building because this building's got its own situation and you will be on those floors where that 
So I went back to my boss after some of that stuff was happening. And I said, dude, I don't want to be around ghosts, dude. Do you understand? Like this is, and he was just like flat out ex Marine, 16 year Marine. He was like, I don't believe in that. And I said, well, you know what? Go work it yourself and tell me if you believe in it. So he said, give me two weeks in there and I'll, I'll move you to another place where I've never had any reports, you know? And so, and I, and he told me that both those places had been getting, but that's all he had at the time. Mm-hmm. But he did say, you know, and I ended up working for this guy for a long time at another company too, you know, and I just remember him telling me, well, th- th- there are reports of that, but I don't believe it. And I'm like, well, have you actually worked it? Because that's the linchpin, you know, because I heard a piano playing me and two other guards were working in that, in that second building together, you know, not the first one where I saw the weird creature, but, and, and we all heard the piano playing, you know. Of course, I couldn't tell my boss that because we were all supposed to be stationed somewhere else, okay. and we were all we were all gathered together snooping around because, we, and then we heard the piano playing by itself. So that was weird, you know. And so, anyways, yeah, that's we're getting off on on the, the hauntings and all that. But the, the the point being, the demonic entities do sometimes give off a smell. Oh yeah, I I would like I said earlier, definitely when you get a sulfur smell, mm-hmm. I would attribute that to the paranormal. Well, I think the rot, too. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that, that makes I know sense that too. a lot of Bigfoot people are very, their mindset is uh, Bigfoot just stink really bad. They roll in garbage. Okay, that's fine. You want to believe that they roll around in kills and they have whatever. It is a strange coincidence. Can we all just agree that it is a strange coincidence that they smell like demonic entities? Okay, exactly. that that's my point. And, and I've, I've have some people that lived out the devil's backbone that claimed that there was a red-eyed type Bigfoot creature and that it smelled like death. They literally told me that. They said that it, when you would see these things, that it smelled like a dead, something dead and sulfury. And so it, it's, a, it's a mixture of that. And so that I do believe that that is some type of demonic entity. I don't believe that these creatures are all, you know, whatever. And I think, Catherine, you touched on it. We just agreed on that, that they yep. can pretend, they can mimic, you know, and they can mimic loved ones too. These these entities, they can do things, they can manipulate, they have access to the to the a higher uh spiritual realm than we do, but it's still a lower vibration which which resounds with us. And I know yeah. that if you if you study any of these types of of things, I know that they are not angelic. They are not of that level of the, of where the angels reside. They are in between uh-huh. ours and the angels. So they have access to the spirit and the flesh. So they are masters at manipulating these, you know, whatever. And like I've said before, it talks about the jinn. You know, it, yeah. it talks about the demons yeah. or whatever you want to call them. And that they actually have neighbors. You know, mm-hmm. it says that. And, and so the, 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 there's weird. I mean, like, where, what are these neighbors? It talks about them in the Hadith, I believe it is, the, and then the Quran. When you're talking, because because they call demons jinn, right? <clears throat> then when you read the Book of Enoch, you know you get into this whole other like aspect of what these things are and where they came from. And I think that when me and DDoS and you Sal were 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 talking about it, uh, we touched on a lot of that because it was like they are there's demons, yeah. you know that that we know of as demons, but they're fallen angels. But there's also rebellious angels, and those are two different things. And then you, they had offspring, and of course, when the flood came, then they were known as evil spirits. Those evil spirits, I believe, are the Nephilim, and I believe that they are 
if they aren't the jinn, then they are something akin to them. And maybe that's what the neighbors are that the Hadith yeah, talks about. Be. I don't know. I just know that there's, in, in all of these holy books, there's a lot of references to these creatures. And they have abilities and things that we don't have. Right. And I know that they uh, uh, can manipulate us. And I know that another thing that they, when, when they do manipulate, because in the house I lived in, they would, they would be doppelgangers. I, they wouldn't be perfect copies, though. Right. There's always something not correct. I had one friend reach out to me just recently because he heard the interview with Chief. Yes. And he mentioned seeing me as a doppelganger, but I had blue eyes. Oh. And I told oh, wow. him, I absolutely do not have blue eyes. And he goes, then that was the doppelganger. Because he goes, I always wondered that because he, I was calling you and you were on the porch and the dog was like way across the yard away from you. And you were, you were like standing there on the porch this is what he told me, and that he went up to the the door, the the screen door, and I, I he spoke my name. I didn't answer him, and then I turned and I looked at him, and he just said that he remembers me kind of looking like like through him, not yeah, really looking just, at him. Yeah, and then my eyes kind of looked glazed over, and he was like, he goes, I remember that specifically that the dog was cowering in the corner of the yard away from you, which wasn't like that because the dogs were very close to me, and when if I was outside, they were going to be all over me. Mm -hmm. and he thought, wow, that's weird. And he said he got a really weird vibe, and then he went back to go lay down on the couch. Then he sees me come out of the, out of the hallway. Oh, and he, he thought that he was just maybe watching TV and lost track of where I was at. And he goes, you don't have blue eyes, though, right? And I'm like, because he's like trying to remember because he thought his mind was like, you know. Playing tricks on him. When he, and then when himself. he heard us talking about the doppelganger thing, he had never told me this. And so I told him, I said, yeah, I, I have, you know, dark eyes. And he goes, no, that's not you then. He goes, that's, <laughs> he's like, I wondered what that was because he goes, he said it always bothered him, but it wasn't until he heard us all talking about it on the show, you know, and a friend of mine downtown told him, Hey, Wolf's got a, a podcast and he talks about the old house. This guy only stayed with us for about a month and a half. Oh, okay. But he did mention that. He said that he remembered that incident. Well, that's, that's also part of that whole trickster um, there's a book, if anybody's interested in reading, it's, uh, it's, it's written by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, I believe, and it's called The Vengeful Gin. And then there's like a companion to it. I don't know, Anthony, you've read both of them. Anyways, there's, there's a couple of them. There, there's one, and, then there's, a, and then there's a second one that she wrote. And she, she goes into depth about this and how some of these cryptids and some of these spirits are just trickster Demon, demons, demons that are yeah. playing games. Yeah, I with wouldn't us. throw that out of the. Out, I wouldn't throw that option off the table at all because it's been written throughout our history as as a, as a race of human beings that the jinns, the evil spirits, jinn, of course, being Middle Eastern, you know, and of course, well, that's in, just what they caught a catch got, all for anything. Yeah, just like you know, <laughs> the cucuy for 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 people of Me of Mexican heritage, the cucuy was uh, a catch all for for this evil monster ghost, monster, whatever. ghost whatever it was and and you know speaking on that doppelganger thing i i'd watched a few well, probably a few years ago i came across an episode and i can't remember the name of a show but it was on uh it was on this one of those kind of like history channel when they actually had some of these serious documentary types on Haunted paranormal history stuff. maybe you know i I could be I could be wrong. I'm I'm not even going to speculate on the title, but it talked about doppelgangers and one in particular, one case in particular that I remember was a lady in Florida claiming that her daughter 
had had a doppelganger, or the daughter claimed she had a doppelganger that was that was showing up at the house opposite when she was when she was not there. This and was in the, Florida. Yeah, and this mother claimed the mother of this girl claimed to have seen this doppelganger, and she said pretty much what you just uh, uh, mentioned that you know your friend contacted you said that you had blue eyes. Well, she the lady mentioned that. She saw the doppelganger. She she said it looked like my daughter, but there was something off. not off. Something was not right, you know, because a mother knows her daughter, and you know, yeah. mothers know every inch of their their children. And she's the mother said, yeah, that that it, it looked like her, but it wasn't her. There was something off in some of the physical characteristics she was describing. Just just said, yeah, it looked like her, but certain things about her just did not fit. What I think her it's daughter a law. Was. Say again. I, I, I don't, I'm speculating here, but I think it's some sort of law. I mean, I really do, because I believe that these, just like we are supposed to adhere to laws, mm-hmm. and I know, Catherine, we were talking, and you were talking about how you, you're like, I don't break the law, you know, I speed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody <laughs> does that. Everybody breaks the law to a degree, you know? You, you might speed, yeah. you might run a stop sign, yep. but you might get in a high-speed chase every once in a while and escape the cops. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> No, but we all we all do break the law at, at, at to to minor degrees, you know. Yeah. Yes. But for the most part, are, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say speed limits are just recommended. They're not <laughs> recommendations. That's <laughs> They're right. Just a recommendation is how I look <laughs> at them. I believe that we all do it. Okay, but I think that there are laws though that that that, that govern these things. Just as there are laws that govern us, and the bulk of us do follow those laws, but. But by the flip side of it, I believe that some of these spirits, they don't follow the law because I believe that whatever religion you believe in, God, Allah, Jehovah, whatever your belief is, Vishnu or whatever, you believe, most religions believe in, in one all-powerful God that is above all the other angels, gods, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I, they, there are laws and rules that govern what they're supposed to be doing, what they're not supposed to be doing, and one is that they're not supposed to be interfering and messing around. But <clears throat> there are outlaws, yeah, and just always. as in there are outlaws in this world, and believe me, I, I know a lot of them, <laughs> they were, they're the kind of people who do not give a crap about your law. They don't care. They're just they wake do. up every day. They eat, sleep, and breathe law-breaking. Now, I've known people like this. You know, I've known these people very, very well, and I know people that were just like to the point where they would actually go out of their way to break a law if they could because they had such contempt for the law. The same wow. goes for the spirit world. It says in the in the Bible, I believe, is in, is in the spirit, is in the flesh, is above, is below. Yeah. You know, I know that there are going to be spirits that are outlaws. They are going to go against the, what is the norm, what is natural, what is right, what is true. They are going to break the laws. They are going to break the laws of man. They're going to break the laws that God has set down. Now, I don't. I'm pretty sure, like, if they get caught or they or they get punished or whatever, that. It's just like it is here. You're going to get punished. You're going to get caught. That doesn't mean that they're not going to do what they do. Oh, exactly. This is like a murderer or a, or a rapist or a, you know some sort of like thief. They're going to commit the crime. They're going to do what they do. If they don't get caught, they don't get caught. But eventually they get caught and they get punished. But that, a lot of times that doesn't deter them. The, no, no. It doesn't it just, deter them. I've known people that, and they'll even braggardly talk about the ignorant crimes that they've committed. I've had people do that, like trying to impress me with some sort of horrible confession of what they've done almost in a bragging way and you're like wow yep. you are really retarded you know like <laughs> yeah, you you exactly. want to, to 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 talk about that you know whatever well demons will do that too i know that it was i was i was uh 
I don't know if you've ever heard of Malachi Martin, and he was talking about he was he was on Coast to Coast a lot, and he was a priest that did was involved in a lot of exorcisms, and he would talk about how these demons they like to brag. They would brag about the people whose souls they have they had destroyed, who the lives they had ruined, you know, and how they had information about people, you know, they were able to like like point out their people that were in the room, they could point out their sin, you know, like I know you and I know what you have done. And you I know who you are and I know you lust after this, you know, and, and you you're greedy, you know, and so these demons have this kind of access to our because they we can't see them and they can see us. And so, yeah, that the whole thing with that though is is just to point out that that the these entities they have a leg up when it comes to being able to uh see us and and hear us and we can't see and hear them and tech typically. So there has to be some sort of laws in place that 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 governs what they're supposed to be doing and not supposed to be doing, but that doesn't mean that they adhere to that. And of course, when you're talking about human beings, we do the same thing. Like if there's no one looking, well, I'll just run this red light, you know, but now you got cameras and, you know, or if there's no one looking, you know, I'm just going to throw this, you know, candy bar wrapper out the window or whatever it is, you know, that, that, but that's usually the extent of what you're going to do as a lawbreaker. But there are lawbreakers like, uh, mass murder serial killers mass murderers people yeah. who do bad things to kids horrible people that do these horrible things i think the same thing is with the spirit world there are bad mischievous really evil entities who take great yeah. pleasure in not only maybe hurting their fellow entities but in hurting mankind why not or you know anything they come in or anything they with. come across and we you know as, as humans we have people who are deviants and hurt animals, you know, we're like animals to them. Why not hurt and kick a human? You know, I I think that being, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I think they look at us like play toys. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a foreign concept. Yeah. It's entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. And then we're talking about the juvenile dogmen and how they are responsible for some of the crimes, I guess. Like chasing people's cars and yanking on the door handles and things like that, and we yeah. we were talking about that. So, yeah, we I mean, yeah we talked about that. How you know maybe it's the juvenile demons that are the younger ones or the ones that aren't following the laws. Yeah, the ones that are trying to make a name for themselves or and something. Then, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, yeah. you I think it stands to reason that you know, like we have our our juvenile, you know, young people, you know, hey. I dare you to do this, this, and that. I bet you won't do it. You ain't got a hair on your rear end if you don't go do this and, you know, daring and all the other stuff, right, when you're young. And so there's one, well, yeah, you think so? Here, hold my beer. I'm going to go do this and, and you know, do something yep. ridiculous that it's not considered acceptable. You know, and of course, we were all young. We all did some of those dumb things. But, you know, yes, we, we agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and we agreed, you know, Josh and I agree that, well, the dog men, Bigfoot, their their juveniles go through the same thing. And then when you think about the spirit realm, why not them? Why not? I mean, it even stands to reason. Why not have that be their lifestyle, even if even if they're at a level where they're considered full grown adults, that they still have this attitude because they've always done it. So, to me, I wouldn't put that past even the oldest of demons, if you will, to still have the attitude. I'll do what I want, and and. You know, I'm watch me do this to well, to and, and and they're going to be those that are going to say, 
you have to be protected by the blood of Christ. And I am one of those people that believes in that. Mm -hmm. But you also have a large number of people out there who do not believe in Christ and they are not protected by the blood of Christ. And I think for them, for those particular people, I think life is a crapshoot because I think that at any time you could expire on this mortal coil and then you're faced with eternity of whatever, Mm -hmm. or you could get taken by something because, you know, if you commit enough sin, it says that God turns you over to the reprobate's mind Mm -hmm. and you live beyond his grace. Now, when you're beyond God's grace, anybody who believes like I do will know that that's when you're susceptible. But like I said, I do believe there are laws that are in place and most of these entities probably do follow that. Or you would see a way more large percentage of people Mm -hmm. just spitting up pea soup and walking upside down backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I mean, that, that sounds funny, but I mean, you would see more people being overtaken by demonic entities I think you would see more and more people like just which you are now, actually. But I think that you would see like a humongous percentage of people that are just completely unfunctioning, dysfunctional because they are demonically obsessed or possessed. So there is some sort of something there to prevent that. But like I said, there are those that don't care about the laws of man or God or nature and they pervert them. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. It's. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Catherine. Uh, you, you you have the floor. Go ahead. <laughs> well, um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm sure. You, so you're noticing an incline in paranormal paranormal activity. Do you think that the Mandela effect has anything to do with that? Like, what's going? Like, like if we're in another, like, if some type of I don't know, portal or something was opened by yeah. Sir. Let, let, let's go back to 2012, if that's what you're, 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 you're getting at. I don't know if that's the exact date, but that I believe the reason that, the, that of course, everybody made a big, you know, what to do about the mind calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, speculation here, that the mind calendar was telling us that the year read one was the end of that timeline. And that it did collapse into another timeline on, was it December 21st, 2012, I believe? Yeah, that was that was the final date. Because on... the remote viewers couldn't see past it either. I mean, I remember they were talking about it like Coast to Coast and some other shows, and they were like, the, the remote viewers weren't able to, the psychics weren't, and my friend's mom's a psychic, and she mm-hmm. she couldn't see past 2012. They couldn't remote view past 2012. Nobody was able to see what was going to happen. Nobody knew. And it was just all speculation. And they're like, is, is there going to be some cataclysmic event? I, I believe this. And I told my nephew, Anthony, sitting right across from me, he's my sound guy. Do you remember, Anthony, when we talked about it and I said, nothing that we can actually see, touch, or smell is going to happen on 2012? You remember that? Okay. That doesn't mean that just because we can't see, touch, or smell it with our senses that something did not happen. Correct. I believe that something did happen. I believe that there was a shift. And I believe that our timelines went into another timeline. And I I think that all that stuff, the predictions and everything, could have had something to do with CERN. And I've said it before that I believe that something happened, something went on. CERN has something to do with that. I I don't know what it is. I can't tell you exactly. Maybe they opened up something you know, they caused a uh, they caused a, a rip in the fabric of space, and, space time and time that 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 altered the timeline that was moving forward and and set it off 
potentially in a in a different trajectory or, or slightly I think we're still traveling in the same trajectory except we're not traveling down the center lane for lack of better words. Yeah. We're now in the left lane or we're, the right exactly. lane. Exactly. But we're still headed down that same big highway with multiple lanes, but it's just not the original center lane we were on anymore. Now it's, you know, on the left lane and, and that though you may be headed into the same general direction, but you are not on the exact same trajectory you were on to begin with. Do, do you know that I went to the, um, I was in, in re actually when I was on the va- my vacation, I was in Roswell and I was in Reno and in Denver. And we went to three different planetariums and, and I mean, we, they, they, and they were all different. I mean, oh, wow. it's not like oh, you've, wow. you've gone to one planetarium, you've seen them all no. And you know, which one was the best? The one in Roswell, oh, the really? one in Roswell and a little, little, Little Roswell, Little Roswell there. Theater there, and, and there was and there was a guy there who was an astronomer, and he was like kind of semi-retired or whatever. And I started talking to him, and one of the interesting things that that this guy that was there that day he said, I said, "Do you believe in the Mandela effect?" And we began to talk about it, and he said, "You know," he said, "A lot of people come in here, and he goes, they tell me that we were in." Like we're in the Orion Spur now, but that we used to be in the arm of Sagittarius. That was the uh, the uh, the constellation. The constellation, my right. mind. Well, the zodi- the, yeah, the, the constellation zodiac. that we were in, and he says that he actually had a memory of that, but he couldn't remember. It was almost like it was a dream. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, and and well. I thought it was so interesting that he said that, and I said, you know. I always I thought that that's what it was, and that you, when you looked into the sky, you could see Orion. But now we're in Orion, so it's just so weird. Like I, I you know, in Orion Spur is so far away from the Sagittarius. I'm like clear across the galaxy, isn't it? It's, it's so quite. I'm sitting there going like, how is that even like possible? You know, are we in a in a completely different Earth that is like not even you know anywhere near like like what we were on before and, and i'm sitting there, people at home are probably going like wow okay we started off with mother's day and now we're <laughs> now we're in ryan spur in the sagittarius arm no but but folks I, i've never been a big zodiac believer because i know that the that whatever constellation you're actually born under when i was in college i was so, such a smug smart mouth kid you know and <laughs> the, the professor's like thinks that he's gonna say something revealing you know and he's like um how many of you believe in the zodiac you know because he's obviously going to shut it down you know because mm-hmm. this is it was an astronomy right. class and they, they were like well he goes uh yeah any of you that raise your hand you're completely wrong because you're actually born the constellation you know one one moved over you know and so i already had knew that like i i figured that out you know mm-hmm. and so I, I had raised my hand and told him look I, I already know you know that that's not the case or whatever he goes well then you're probably the only one in this class but then he instantly didn't like me because he thought I was a little know-it-all. And I guess I kind of was. I was such a little <laughs> jerk. And, and, and he was a little jerk, too. So two little jerks, obviously, he's going to win. He's a professor. But the point is, is that, you know, this, the whole thing to me was like I studied the stars. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I always had a telescope since I was a young kid. I was always into the stars. You can ask my mom and dad. I mean, I was obsessed with Star Wars, Star Trek, any kind of star anything you know Space stuff yeah like i was telling d dos on the bdrp interview I, there's only really two pieces of fiction that i really enjoyed star wars yeah any kind of star anything you know and then of course i like lord of the rings but other than that i'm not really into the whole fiction thing but i always like those particular 
uh, just ha- how it fit in with our world. You know, because yeah. I always thought it was intriguing that Star Wars would say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I figured out at a very early age that if you're looking up and you see this, that star's light, whatever's going on over there already happened a long time ago. So the light yeah. you're seeing was generated like a million years ago. So you're going like, wow. So that did happen a long, long time ago. And I always believed that when I was looking up at certain constellations that that was where Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker were fighting, you know? <laughs> so that that was oh, me wow. as a kid. <laughs> uh, what was that, Kat? I said that was cute. Well, you know, yeah, as a kid, you, you, you daydream that, you know, as a child. Oh, and yeah. so, yep. you know, when this whole Mandela thing kicked off and people started talking about it, I have two memories of Nelson Mandela dying. And one of my buddies from downtown, of course, you know, I'm not going to say his name about it because I want to get him on the show and actually talk to him and we'll throw that at him when he comes on. But you actually have sat down and drank beer with this guy. And so he, you remember we talked. He actually believed, that he, like he pointed it out to me almost immediately. He was like, Mandela is dead again. Now, that was weird to me. I remember uh, Spock. Uh, what's his name? Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy dying yeah. twice. Yep. The Queen of England dying twice. I was literally at, um, I was asked to be quiet about this. I was actually at a restaurant here in Austin that I like to go to down South Austin, uh, La Posada. It's a really good place. Anybody ever wants really good carne asada, that's where you go. It's the best in the city. Good Mexican food. Good Mexican food. So I was down there and there were some people and, and I was watching with four people, four people, the queen had died, and I specifically remember watching this, and they were showing the, the funeral procession, and I made a, 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 an off remark about, I was like, oh, they, this, the old reptile finally died, and this woman, uh, just an American, she wasn't an English, she wasn't like, no, oh, you horrible, you know, English, you know, English uh-huh. people talk like that. No, she was an American, and she was like, you're horrible, shut your mouth. And she said that to me because I made this loud joke. Of course, we're sitting there drinking beer and, and cutting up. Uh-huh. Having a and good time. I specifically remember us making jokes about her having lived so long and finally she was dead. Well, I'm going about my life over the next year or two and she's still alive. So how do you explain that? What, like, what is that? What were those memories? Now, I was with four other people and I have talked to at least three of them. The other one, I, I haven't got a hold of him to even ask him about it. But three of them still live in this town with me. And they all specifically remember that incident. Okay. Well, that's good. At least they didn't pop somewhere else. That's- no, because we all, we all have these memories of that incident of us laughing and making a joke. And that woman flipping out about it. But apparently that didn't happen because she's still alive. And so right. I'm going like, what is this? Like, you know, there are a lot of people who claim that Patrick Swayze died twice. Uh, See, there are people who claim John that. Candy I, died twice. I remember Patrick Swayze dying twice because when the second time when I heard about it, I'm like, wait a minute. He died. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I thought he had died two or three years previously. Prior. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it blew my mind. It, it, it just. That's the stuff that it, it totally just freaks me out to no end. Um, and it makes you, 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 that's one thing I noticed. Like, have you talked to people that, um, like you said, your friends, they all remember that, that instant. And then you'll run into somebody else. Like you'll, some people will have the same Mandela effect memories as you, but then they'll, then other ones, 
they don't, I don't know. It's like we've all been jumbled up from different timelines into, or different worlds and put into one. Catherine, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a favor because we are, are, are going to have to wrap this show up because it's going to, it's going to push off into, into the two hour mark. But what I was going to tell you, what, what are we doing on time? Looking at, uh, letting me know right now. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting when you start talking yeah, about if he goes, If we go over two hours, he'll begin to beat us <laughs> with a wet noodle. <laughs> That's okay. I totally understand. No, but we'd like to have you on again some yes, other time. You know, we I'm, we will okay. actually. I'm sorry. I just I gotta say this. Yes. I want you to come back and 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 do a Mandela with us. And if you if you don't mind, like maybe you could do a little research. All of us here at the roundtable could do some research, and I will come up with a bunch that I have that I've found, like the the human anatomy. You know, just this the okay. the, the 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 human anatomy, and I will tell you the globe or whatever you want to call it. If you're believing the globe or flat earth, whatever, because I know there are flat earthers out there. And mm-hmm. so I'm not going to mm-hmm. give an opinion about that one way or the other. There's plenty of flat earthers all around the globe. There's plenty of <laughs> all around the, the square or the globe or whatever it is you believe in. I just know that there are a lot of people who have look at the map and say it looks different. Mm-hmm. And me yep. and Armando yep. actually think Texas looks different. Yeah. Yeah. We've no. actually looked at it and I was like, look, we're just staring at it. And I'm like, Mondo, does that look right to you? It looks smaller than what it, it looks used smaller. To be. I was like, I was like the Mandela effect ripped us off, dude. <laughs> they took part of our land. Yeah. Where is this? And I was like, how convenient they took the Texas and gave it to other states. Yeah. Anyways, all joking aside though, it does look different. I told Mondo, did you not notice or Sal? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said, did you not notice that? Did he was like, yes, it looks, it totally looks different. And and so there are people out there going like you're crazy, but you know what? I promise you, dude. If you told if you told me that okay, if I, if if Texas was the same, right? And you told me I had to swear on the Bible or something, you know, if I had to go one way or the other, I would tell you it looked diff- it looks different to me. I'm telling you the absolute mm-hmm. truth of what I see and what I believe, and and it does not look correct. Now my brother lived up in Michigan for 20 years, and he. My, my, the guy that cuts my hair, he's from Michigan. He said the same thing. My brother and him were talking yep. at the barbershop and they're like, Michigan looks different. The, the yes, place where you go into Detroit from to, to, uh, what, what city is it? Windsor? Is it Windsor? I'm trying to remember what city you go from Detroit into, into Canada. And they were, and, I, and I, of course I'm not from there. I've been through there, but they were saying that it, that it used to be, uh, from Detroit up into that. Now it's like you go down or something. And out of the way, yeah, but and it's so closer, it's it, right. It's closer than it used to be, correct? Yeah, I mean, like Did they see that. You are you where you're from Michigan, right? Yep. Okay, yep. so in, in Detroit, okay, and I'm sure it's not somewhere you want to be very often, but if no, you go to Detroit, all. you what is the city across there? Is it Windsor? Oh man, I can, let me ask my other half. Because I I've honestly never been to Canada, and I don't, honey. What's across from Detroit? Going into Canada, what is there a city across? Well, always, I know, but what what city do you? You're talking about the city in Canada, right? Do I sound like I'm a? I, what was that? Ontario? Is that what you're talking about? Is it Ontario? Josh, when you leave? Oh, it is Windsor. The, the Windsor city that you leave that you. Yeah, you you got it right. He just said Windsor. it is Windsor, right? Okay. Yeah, I was I was yep. almost certain that it was Windsor, and if I was going to say, did it change too? Because wow. But I know that that it was either north to south, and now it's south to north, or something like that. And I know that they were both talking about it, and we were at the barbershop. 
and they were talking about how Michigan looks different and how, you know, but then there's just as many people that will say, well, no, it doesn't, it looks the same to me, you know, and then Australia looks further up than it should be. I mean, there's just a South America looks way, way over to the right. It's not directly yeah. below us anymore. It's like way. So anyways, I would like to do a show and we could just do the Mandela effect and actually have you come back on and you give me what you got and I'll give you what I got. And okay, we could Hold actually in. do that because you, um, I think you were a very good guest and I appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I really appreciate you guys letting me come on and, and tell, tell my, my story about my mom, you know, it's, and it, and it really means, um, mean something to me, to me especially from from mother's day i really appreciate that well we we would like we'd like to help our our guests and and our listeners and anybody else out there who would like to come on and speak we don't t typically have the same format as like vic or you know any of those guys that, that have the guests or whatever but we're we love to have guests on anytime you know because we still do our show the way we do it but we we like to do specials and and yeah, do special mix it up a little bit. You mix know? it up, yeah. yeah it's I pretty agree. much an open forum here. The one thing I don't want to do though is have people just calling in on a live show or cold or whatever, where you can. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the that's one true. thing that I would probably get shut down because yeah, people would call up and just say all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, other yeah. than that, I'm pretty much open to whatever. And and so okay. you coming on the show was awesome. Yes, very well, much. Thank so. you very much. I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate you guys having me. Oh well, we we loved having you, and I hope the next time we, we you know we have you on, you still have a few more stories for us. I'm I'm fairly oh, certain. Oh well, that's <laughs> great. That's great because from what from what you told us, uh, sounds like you come from a long line of 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 ladies who have uh, are, are quite sensitive and and, and can yes. pick up on things that like a lot of the average people don't really or are unable to do. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's probably why I think, I, I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but yeah, de demons and stuff can be scary, but the Mandela effect just totally <laughs> kind of terrifies me, to be honest. Well, I think you. it that's does that. because it's an uncertainty. We don't know yeah. people claiming that they go that? to bed and they wake up and their whole world is different. You know, like I've yeah, heard, I've, I've seen spouse. people, I mean, people talking about how they don't remember certain children that they have. Yes. and. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird stuff out there, man. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, and and of course, I, I just I got a story not too long ago from a guy that had an accident, and I told you about that. So, and I don't mm -hmm. want to give it away because we're going to talk about it on another show. But okay. he lived like four years of his life, and then it turned out that that didn't really happen. I mean, that kind of stuff, you know. It just it's it's just you get all these stories, and you're just going like, what is this? Where are we? Are we in a matrix? What is going on here? You know, yeah, it's really. What's going to happen next? Yeah, is, <laughs> Where is are this... we going to be thrown to next? Yeah, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Well, I I had an awesome time, and I appreciate it, and I look forward to doing it again. Well, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much. And we will have you on uh, short or soon. We will have you come back on, and I definitely want to do a Mandela show. Um, but we appreciate you being a part of the roundtable today. I would say more as, a, as you were more of a guest but actually you know when you come on the show you're just one of us and we're just talking yeah we're you're just part of the round table you know you're helping us try to make sense of our the world around us and all the the high strangeness that seems to go on and and the average person out there is completely oblivious to it at, 
that to yeah. me that's the sadness in in, in today's world for me it's mm-hmm. just that people are oblivious to that and they don't care they reject to ponder it out of hand it. Yeah. and they don't care yeah, to I ponder don't... it at all no no and I, it blows my mind how they don't even see it they don't even see it it goes right over their head or they look right at it and refuse to acknowledge what they're looking at yeah, yeah. So I got to yeah. tell my wife, those kind of people are comfortable being in the cage. Well, it's, what do you call it? Um, willful ignorance. Yeah. There's a lot right. of willful ignorance going on. Mm-hmm. And when you say something that's uncomfortable, oh. people don't like it. And then, you know, and, and I, I get this a lot too. I'll talk to people and, the, you know, you begin to talk about the subjects of the paranormal, whatever, and then they'll get this like lazy eyed stare. Well, they'll, they'll start to start they'll laugh or they'll right. stare off into space and, and their 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 face looks like they're falling asleep and you just want to yep. slap them but you can't you know <laughs> you're just like you know what I got things to do I don't gotta you know because there's people that'll talk to you like they're your friend on a day-to-day basis and and you'll be like oh yeah what are you doing I said well actually I just finished recording a show oh you have a show what's it about the paranormal then they're like <sighs> you know <laughs> they start they start like like sleeping with their eyes open and you're like all right you know what dude see you later why even bother asking me how my day was. Do you really care? No, you don't. You're just, you're just being a drone like everyone else. Hmm. Yep. I get that a lot. You know, just people just look at you like, and you know, you're just like, what, you know, obviously these people don't care whether we're in the arm of Sagittarius or the Ryan Spur. They yeah. don't really care. They're happy. No, just. They're, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're happy living their day to day lives with their faces buried in their phones and, the and mundane and life. The yes. Yep. Yeah, running hard yep. on that hamster wheel. That's yeah, all the it is. phone is that. That's the big escape. When the I, zombie maker. That's that absolutely. Yeah. Did, I had a picture of my little cousins. They were on a softball team, and there were like 10, 10, 12 girls on this softball team, and they had won some kind of something. And my aunt had posted it, and they were like at a at a pizza place or something, and they were celebrating, and it was the saddest. It was funny at first, but then it was sad. They Every all had their kid. Excuse me. They all had their faces buried. Yeah, in their every phones? single one of them. Like somebody snapped a picture of them sitting there together celebrating, but they were all just looking at their cell phone. Every single girl was looking down at their cell phone, and I thought at first I chuckled, then I thought that is so sad. Mm-hmm. Because when we, when I was in Little League and we won, you know, some stuff, I remember going and doing the same thing. But we were all happy to be playing together and eating pizza and and talking about too many sodas or whatever and and, and talking about the stuff that that kids talk about kids talk about and then getting the sugar rush and going and playing the games and all that and we were having a blast but these kids all they were doing was just looking at their phone and they were all sitting right next to each other and every single one of them was looking at their phone they were probably talking to one another too on the phone scary scary oh it's it's a form of brainwash it's absolutely that that's what it is i mean yeah, but yep. thank you and, so and much. They, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Catherine. Go ahead. You're very welcome. Oh, I was just gonna say the same thing that it, it's it's sad and it's it's very scary that you know that they're not they're not living their lives really, mm-hmm. and they are. They're kind of like zombies with their faces buried in the phone. But I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, I look forward to coming back. Absolutely, Absolutely. We'll, we'll do that again shortly. We have a lot of material that we've already covered and that we're going to be releasing. So this episode uh, should be Happy the Mother's, Mother's Day, Day for everybody. Yeah. And so um, it's going to, you know, we're going to air this one. And I believe that we're probably going to have one that's going to come right before this one. 
will be the one with Chris. Oh yeah. The, the... So if that one's already aired, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, this coming weekend is not Mother's Day. It's weekend. not Mother's Day. Okay. So then it will be the second one with Chief will be Friday. This Friday. Yeah. Just kind of giving you guys a timeline of where we're at right now because we're on a different timeline. <laughs> but you know, we're having we're, our we're own in a Mandela. parallel timeline here, right. and we're going to come back to y'all's timeline and drop this. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, definitely enjoyed talking to you. Just to clear the air too, I, I was planning on having told those stories uh, on an on an upcoming episode. So being able to drop those stories simultaneously having you on to tell your story was was actually a real treat so i once again thank you for coming on everyone be sure and like and subscribe leave comments oh definitely and don't forget the email doswolfman88 at gmail.com or wolf and sal at gmail.com send us your story we want we want to hear it and hey we're going to get to it as fast as we can because we want to tell your story so with that being said good night good day yes and greetings and salutations and have a great time wherever you're at whatever timeline you're in that good night <laughs>